Stop right there. You do not need another gadget, another pair of pants, or another 56 cyber deals you have to order right now because they're life-changing products. What you really need are goals. What you really need is purpose. What you really need, you're about to get. So today, you're going to find out the 10 things you really need in life based on what people in their last days of life regret. And you know how people say money can't buy happiness? Of course it can. We both know that. But you're not looking for happiness. You're looking for fulfillment. You see, advertisers have convinced you that you're looking for happiness pretty much by taking away your self-esteem, then selling it back to you. What a brilliantly maniacal campaign, right? But this isn't just about saving you money at a time when you, by the by, really, really need to save money. This is a list about saving regrets. This is a list about rescuing your potential. This is the list you've been trying to fill with all of the wrong things. So are you ready to get the best deal out there? Because I'm about to give it to you without asking for anything in return, although I would be very happy if you'd return it by being my friend. But given that you're still here, I'd say that we're already friends. Her hair is curly, her teeth are pearly. She's got an edge, but she's still pretty girly. Oh, oh. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. So it's your last day on planet Earth, and I introduce you to the person whom you've always wanted to meet. You. Well, the person you would have become had you done all of those things that you always wanted to do, but didn't. What a pang in the stomach, right? What does this tell you? You're not stressed about all of those things that you have to do. You're stressed about all of those things that you haven't done, that you still haven't done, that you have yet to do. You know, I posted this video online saying pretty much just that. And the responses I received, I needed to hear this. Oh, I needed to hear this. I needed to hear this. Yeah, that was such a common response. You want to know why? Because you are not the only one. People show this over and over again, especially as we grow in this community here, which by the by, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being so open. Thank you for sharing these episodes with your friends and family and the videos I make for you too. You know, a lot of work goes into everything I do here because I love being there for you, just like you love being there for others. And together, it's just, it's incredible. And it's incredibly powerful what we can do for each other. And you can't put any of that in a shopping cart online, by the by. So thank you very much for being here right now. But Adalia Grass, oh, and thank you for accepting my terrible wordplays as well. But back to our original programming, the 10 things you really need in life based on what people in their last days of life regret. Now, every time you open an app, scroll through your timeline, walk into a store, you're just bombarded with all of these things that you just need. You need this right now. You need that right now. This is a must-have item. Get this in your cart. Here are the 25 random things you didn't know you needed. But those are all drugs. 
placebos, actually, that take the place of what you really need to just passively lull you in the moment, to give you that hit of dopamine that you long to have. And people try to sell you self-esteem, but that's not what this is about. You need to understand your self-worth, and then you won't need to buy any of that. So if you want to know what you're really looking for, look to the people at the end of their lives. Look to their most common regrets once they've hit that point. And that's exactly what Bonnie Ware did. Bonnie is a palliative nurse from Australia, and she counsels people in their dying days, their last days. And from those conversations, she revealed a list of the most common regrets we have at the end of our lives. And among the top is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. So we'll get to that list today. And we'll also get to the 10 things you really need in life. And not one more of them is stuff. None of them are stuff. And stuff, you know, I've noticed this so much because I've moved so much. Clutter on the outside is clutter on the inside. It's like just a simple example of this. My brain is so full of stuff and it's so cluttered that when I watch TV, I am unable to watch TV if there's anything on the TV stand other than the TV. And oh, it drives me crazy that you now need those PVR boxes on the stand with the TV because I don't like seeing it and I don't want to buy more stuff, you know, the type of stuff that could hide that box. So I just have whatever I have right now. And it drives me crazy if there's a picture or something on the wall behind the TV because I can't take that clutter on the outside because I have enough of that clutter on the inside. And because I've moved so many times in my life, every time I've moved, I've downsized because I realize I have this stuff. Like I just, it's in boxes. I don't even need to pull it out. And then here I am packing and I still have these boxes with stuff that I haven't pulled out. So clearly I don't need it. And I get rid of it and I get rid of it. And you know what I find? I still have so much stuff. And I remember two times ago when I moved, it might be three times ago because I cannot remember all of my moves, but I remember this conversation with Bill the Mover so very, very well because I was telling him how I felt like, oh, I just have so much stuff and I'm one person. And he's been a mover for, at that point, I think he told me like 35 years he'd been moving people. And he said that the amount of stuff that I had was way less than most people. But at the same time, it was way more than what a family, than what a family of five would have had when he started as a mover. And he said it's just an extraordinary amount of boxes and televisions and this and that that people have these days. And he has seen this change through the years. And it's really interesting because if you look at the financial landscape, the economic landscape of the world, we actually have less money now 
because of inflation and because we are making less money at our jobs in relation to inflation and cost of living. But we have way more stuff. Why? Because people are trying to find what they need. And that hole is not getting filled. It's not getting filled with anything that is substantial. And you know, when you want to talk about all of these things that you have extra stuff, and we'll get to that list. It's coming up with those regrets and we'll get to those 10 things you need. But I just thought of this story and I really want to share it with you because this isn't to say that you shouldn't have things and I'm a super sentimental person and I like to keep a lot of just little trinkets that I may have received from my mom. I've got this magnet that I see right now on my fridge and it's a little heart magnet and I've put it on every single fridge I've had in every single home because she gave it to me the first time I moved out and it's just like, it's just a little heart magnet it's it's the size of my it's the size of my thumbnail that's it but I keep it I want it I'm sentimental but there was this one year because I told you I've been a talk show host since 2013 and there was this one year where I wasn't a talk show host I left my job and I was just trying to figure things out to move on what direction do I really want to go and what do I really want in life and I got this gig as a guest host to fill in at a very big radio station. And I hadn't done this in so long. And I was, I was so excited. I was so excited to to get back into that host chair and do this. But I needed to find my headphones. I'm very particular. And I had these headphones and these headphones, which no longer work, but I've kept them because, yes, I also told you I'm sentimental. And they're these aviator headphones. They've got chrome on the ears. And I don't want to say the brand because I'm not advertising for anyone here, but they were super cool. They were also very meaningful to me because I had those with my first host job. I bought those for myself as a gift, as a congratulations to me for getting where I was. And I was looking for them and looking for them. And I'm going through every drawer. I'm going through every box. And I finally go downstairs to my locker. And I'm rummaging through this. I can't find it anywhere. And I get to the last box and I found them. They're right there. And what do I do? I hug them. I literally took them close to my chest, right at my heart, and I squeezed them with joy. I hugged them. So what do you want to run and hug in your house from all of the things you own? What of your stuff gives you happiness? Now, when I talk about happiness... I mean, happiness in the way that we've been programmed to understand, that isn't really happiness. That's like, that's like chocolate cake. That's pleasure, absolute pleasure. But it's momentary. There's no substance. And once it's no longer there in front of you, it's gone. It doesn't fill a hole. It fills an addiction to pleasure. And you get hooked on that feeling you get from something pleasurable. And that something pleasurable can be chocolate cake, french fries, social media, sex, drugs, work, shopping. 
And whatever the case, each produces the same response in your brain. It produces this feel-good neurochemical, which you've heard about probably a bazillion times already, called dopamine. And this brings on those feelings of pleasure and motivation. And that dopamine hit with that pleasure, you know what it's quickly followed by? Pain or a come down, a sense of emptiness, maybe guilt for partaking in that pleasure that ultimately just brought you emptiness. And that's not from the Dahlia National Institute of Dahlia Research. That is science, my little blueberry muffin. And this science explains why this world is so full of addicts. As Gabor Mate told me, 90% of people are addicts. The other 10% are just lying to themselves. I'm an addict. There are things that I'm addicted to. I'm definitely addicted to work. But at the same time, I love my work. I love the journey. So I don't have to discipline myself to do this. It's like an auto response. It's what I want to do. And yes, I have my other addictions and vices too. We don't need to get into all of those now. However, you've probably heard a lot of them in my previous episodes and you'll probably hear more of them in the episodes to come. But today, what's important here is it's time to get to some hard truths. Now, I've had too many conversations to count with people at the end of their lives. And one of the biggest regrets I've heard consistently is to follow your dreams. Otherwise, they become the things that haunt you as you get older or when you're faced with your mortality. They become your regrets. So it doesn't surprise me when I saw this list recorded by that palliative nurse of the top five regrets that people have at the end of their lives. And so here they are. One, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Three, yeah, I know. (laughs) When I said I wish I hadn't worked so hard after just telling you that I'm a workaholic, that one hit me too. Three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And most recently, before we get to number five, that number four, somebody at the end of their life told me that exact same thing. And they're making up for it right now. So it is never too late. Even at the end of your life, it is not too late. And five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. And that number five, that's no wonder. Because with all of these pleasurable things that we're looking for, you're always thinking of what more you want. You're not thinking of what you already have. So it's pretty hard to be happy when you're just thinking of what you want and not what you have, right? Those top five regrets. 
by embracing these 10 things that you really need in life. And not one of them is more stuff. And so let's get to that list next. So this is a list that I've compiled based upon all of those people I've spoken to at the end of their life, based upon the world leading experts that I have talked to in the social sciences throughout my career. And it's based upon my near-death experience that I told you about way back in episode one, Why Live and Help Live. So these 10 things that I'm about to share with you, they're backed by personal experience, they're backed by science, and once your brain, your heart, and your gut hear these 10 things... They'll be backed by those feelings of alignment and sense of peace that you realize you would have if you had these 10 things. So let's hit this list, shall we? One, and this is in no particular order. Well, yeah, okay, I kind of build up to number 10 because I really think 10 is the most the most important one on the list. Well, no, I think one is the most important one. Well, it's kind of, it's really hard to choose. These are kind of like my children over here. I know that it's easy for my parents to choose their favorite between their three children. Hi. But I think with these 10, it's pretty hard to pick the favorite. Number one, what you really need, you need more self-compassion. You Beat yourself up way too much. I am saying this to you as the friend that you need to be to yourself. I am saying this to you as the friend that I need to be to myself too. You beat yourself up in those times when you should be building yourself up instead. Those mistakes that you make, those don't make you a bad person. They make you a person who made mistake, who made a mistake, like I just did right there because I spoke really weird English in that particular moment. They make you someone who just made a mistake. And that is the difference between self-esteem and self-worth. Self-esteem is, I made a mistake. I did a bad thing. I'm a bad person. Self-worth is I made a mistake. I did a bad thing. I'm still a good person. Self-worth is failing at something and taking that failure and using it to build yourself up instead of beating yourself up with it. Self-worth is recognizing that you would not treat somebody with the same disrespect that you treat yourself with. Self-compassion is caring for yourself with that same compassion that you use to care for the people whom you love the most in this world. You need more self-compassion. The same way you would cry for your mummy in the middle of the night when you needed somebody when you were a baby, 
You're crying for yourself right now in those moments when you need somebody. And what are you doing? You're either smacking yourself or ignoring yourself. And that was a metaphorical smack because I hope it's not a physical one you're doing to yourself. But you know what I'm saying. Number two, goals and purpose. What you want. You need to figure out what you want, why you want it. And you need to set that goal. And you need to ask yourself how to do it and then act on that how. And so many people, you know, I hear this so, so very often. They'll say, I'm so bored. If you say you're bored, you're not bored. You're stressed. You're not stimulated. You're not challenged. You're not unmotivated. You're demotivated. Boredom is so dangerous. Boredom is that place where you're going to look for the quick fix. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's food. Or maybe you're going to look for no fix at all. And you'll just stay stuck in that boredom. And those dreams that you think about every day, just like those people at the end of their lives said to me, said to that palliative nurse, those dreams that you think about every day right now that you are not acting on will become the nightmares that haunt you when you're 70, 80, 90. Or when you're in that moment, like I was in my 20s, when I almost died, I had that moment and I am so thankful that I did. I am so grateful that I did. And I drive myself a little nuts because of it, because I really maybe take it to an extreme and work extra hard. And that takes me back to that moment in those top regrets that people had. And right when we both had that moment when you knew I just said I work too hard. And then I read that. And then, yeah, exactly. Number three, you need to express yourself. And there's a few sides to this. You need to use your words to speak out and to speak up for yourself. But you need to use your actions to show up for yourself. You need to express your actions and you need to express your words to be there for you like you would be there for someone else. Again, to be the friend to yourself that you are to other people. And when I say to express yourself, to use your words, to speak out and to speak up for yourself. Have you ever been in that moment where somebody said something to you and it made you feel perhaps humiliated? Maybe it made you feel demeaned. Maybe it made you feel angry sad. It did something that you didn't like. It was disrespectful to you. It was hurtful. And you said nothing. Remember that? More than one time that happened. And you walk away from that moment and you think, I wish I would have said. I wish I would have said. 
If you don't tell people who you are, what you want, how you feel, they're going to decide it for you. And if you want to live your life allowing people to decide your emotions, your emotional state for you, then good luck because your life is going to feel like a mess. And it won't just feel like a mess. It will feel like a prison and you will feel imprisoned in your body, in your life. If you want to live your life to be the best you that you can be, even if it means that you're going to mess up, but it means that you are expressing yourself and standing up for yourself, it means that other people will stand up for you too. It means that other people will see your worth. Other people will see your value. Even if they don't like you, you show it to them and it will change how people treat you or mistreat you as it were. Use your words, speak out and speak up for yourself. Otherwise, those same words that somebody used against you, you're going to use to beat yourself up with even more. And you also need to use your actions, express those actions to show up for yourself. And I will keep repeating this because this is something that I use on a regular basis, especially since my conversation with Gabor. You listen to your three brains, your truth shaman, your three brains, your gut, your heart, and your brain brain. I don't know what else to call it because I already called them your three brains. So it's your brain brain, it's your heart, and it's your gut. And when you do that, even if it's a decision that you didn't want to make, even if it's an action like, oh, I really didn't want to do this, but you know you have to do it, you will feel at peace with it. You will feel in alignment with yourself. That is a true feeling of peace when you listen to your three truths. And you know where that will take you? Listening to that, listening to your three brains. Instead of trying so hard to change for other people, to please other people, you know what you'll do? You will double down on being yourself to please yourself. What a novel idea. Pleasing yourself. Being there for you. Number four. You need to understand your impact on people. People whom you don't even know. You need to know that you might not hear about every person's life that you changed but you will change and affect so many lives, so many lives. And again, this is a story that I shared in episode one, Why Live and Help Live. And I'm not going to get into that story right now because you can hear it in that episode and I want to get to this list of 10 things. But I will tell you this, that that story that I heard about how I impacted somebody from something that happened to me when I was eight years old and how they reflected on that at the end of their life, a moment that was so insignificant to me, gave my life today 
right now so much more significance and gave me so much more power in understanding the power that I hold inside me. So many of us walk through life thinking that we're so powerless, that life just happens to us. It just happens. It doesn't happen. You just happen to other people. You happen to so many people that you don't know about. And you need to understand how much you matter in this grand scheme of things. Because I know that when you're sitting alone on that sofa, whether you're surrounded by people or whether you're by yourself, and you experience that loneliness and you feel like you just don't matter, what is the point? You matter so much more than you realize. You affect people. You'll never hear about it. I was lucky to have found out that story. And it's not just that. I'm lucky. I'm in a privileged position because I have a platform. I have a microphone. And people will write me these emails thanking me for what I did, maybe something I said, maybe a topic I brought up, maybe a story that I shared that may have embarrassed myself, but I call those embraceable stories, not embarrassing ones, because we always think that we're the only one. And clearly, I can tell you from the emails I receive, you're never the only one. But I'm lucky because I receive those emails from people who will tell me the impact that I have on them. And I know that I'm not alone in impacting someone. I just know that I have a microphone and I have direct email access to me. So somebody is able to contact me or message me on whatever social media platform. You may not have that, but I'll tell you, you have a lot of people whom you affect. Number five goes pretty much with number four. You need to understand that you have secret admirers, that there are people who think the world of you. There are people who look up to you. There are people who think there's just that something special about you, and they wish that they were like that. And in those moments when you feel so alone, you need to remember that too. I admire you. I admire you because I know, I know that nothing comes easy that you have to work so hard for so many things and that you struggle through a lot and that you're still here. Are you kidding? Of course I admire you. A lot of people do. Number six, you need well-being. You need your health physically, mentally, spiritually. You need to eat better. You need to exercise more. You need to surround yourself with good people. And I don't mean toxically positive. I mean, a positive person isn't necessarily, by the by, going to make you any happier. But a negative person, a negative person, whoa, those people can drag you down. You could be having the best day and a negative person can just pull you into their vortex. Stay away. Stay away. Stay away from negative people who can drag you down. Surround yourself with good people. Take care of yourself. Because when I say surround yourself with good people, you're included in that circle. Take care of your body. 
Take care of your brain. Take care of your mind. Take care of your heart. Take care of your soul. Take better care of you. And so we have three more things to get to in these top 10 things that you really need. And the last one, it's a doozy. This is all coming up next. Stay with me now. I've got you. Number seven of the top 10 things you need. You need to learn. You need to learn exercise that brain. What have you always wanted to learn? Learn another language. Learn how to sew. Learn how to be more self-sufficient. Learn from new experiences. Because in learning, it's not just the lesson, it's the experience. The lesson is like the destination. The experience is the journey. And that is where our memories are made. That is where those moments come. And that is what enriches your life so very, very much. I think even of my, my travel experiences and the things that I've learned through that, you know, I could think about these cool places I've been and these fancy hotels and fancy beaches and beautiful white sand destinations. But the things that come to me out of all of the travels that I've had in my life are the little experiences, whether it was learning that little thing that you needed to do to add warm milk to your coffee instead of cold milk, because in North America, we do it very weird. They're not going to do that anywhere else in the world. Or whether it's just a little experience of going to a grocery store in another country and understanding how people live on that sort of level. These are the experiences or just sitting at the Spanish steps one night in Rome when some guy starts singing Wonderwall by Oasis and we're all just sitting there and it's past midnight and none of us really knew each other. We're just tourists hanging out. And next thing you know, we're all sitting there singing Wonderwall by Oasis, probably better than Oasis does it. These are the things that you need in life. You need these experiences. And you get those experiences from learning, being open to learning. And learning is such great exercise for the brain. We care so much about exercising our bodies, even though we might not always do it. But we care so much about how our bodies look. Why don't we care so much about how our brains look? Learn. Exercise your brain. Number eight, we need more remember when conversations. Remember when? Remember when? Remember when I was on the Spanish steps in Rome and we all broke out into singing Wonderwall? Exactly. Because at the end of life, that's when people often look to reminisce about those beautiful, ordinary moments that they had in life. And why do we wait why do we wait until the end of our life to think about the things that are most precious to us? If that's what we wait until the end of our life to talk about, why aren't we talking about those remember when conversations more throughout our lives? Those give such a sense of warmth. 
those give such a sense of positivity. I mean, just thinking about being there and singing with all of those strangers and coming together and all knowing something that we could perform together collectively without ever having met each other before, without ever discussing this. And each of us right now are in a different place in the world, in a different place in our lives. And we all shared that experience together. You see, we reminisce about those moments in which we felt such great connection because that's what everything in life comes down to, the power of connection. There's just something about those things. And why do we wait until the end of our life to have those remember when conversations when we should be having them right now if those are the conversations that make us happy, that make us fulfilled in understanding the richness and the real measure of value and valuable things that we have in our life. Number nine, you need to listen. This is twofold. First, you need to listen to others. And I have learned this very well as a talk show host. As a matter of fact, I learned this very well my first year as a talk show host when I didn't know how to be a talk show host. A talk show host is not a good talk show host if they're always talking. I mean, if you don't have a guest, yes, you have to be. I, I, highly, I highly recommend if you do not have a guest that you talk, speak. But when you have a guest, that is when you are a listen show host. And even when you have no guest, even when you're not on air, even when you're not talking into the microphone. Don't just speak to give your opinion. Listen to what other people have to say because your opinion will change when you hear what they say. It might strengthen your opinion, but it might also teach you something. You know, when I'm hosting People have always asked, can I have a list of questions, a list of questions? No, I don't make a list of questions and I wouldn't give you a list of questions. I do research and I learn about you and the topic at hand. But when you have that person in front of you, whatever question you think that you have, that question can change depending on what they say. But if you don't listen, you won't have that question that you should really ask. And the more you listen the more you're going to learn. And this is according to science. The Harvard Business Review has even found that this increases your ability, listening, to better understand facts and retain information. But most importantly, through this science and research, it also finds that listening allows you to withhold your evaluation, one of the most important points of learning. It also allows you to hunt for negative evidence, evidence that goes against what you initially thought, evidence that can improve your knowledge. Because you might think you know, but maybe you were wrong in your assumptions. And then, on top of this, it will increase your empathy. And the other side of that is listening to yourself also comes in the form of listening to your body. When it says no, 
when your stomach hurts, when you get a sudden headache, when you start getting sick all of the time, when you're tired, you find a lot of answers in listening to your body. Because your body will tell you when it wants to do something and when it doesn't want to do something. And that other side of listening, I think I said there's two. I said it's twofold, but it's really threefold. If you have a friend, if you have a loved one who's not doing well, you don't know what to say, but you know there's something wrong. A lot of times when people don't know what to say, they try to fill in what to say. And that person who's struggling that person in that moment, really what they want to do is they want to tell you how they're feeling, but they might not feel comfortable in doing it if you're the one speaking. So ask them, what's on your mind? Just let them talk. Just let them talk and listen, really listen. And then when they finish telling you, why don't you say, okay, what else? And let them keep talking. Give people that value. And one, you'll feel so much more valuable yourself. And two, you'll make others feel the value that they have, that not everybody realizes that they have. How much would you love someone to just listen to you? To just listen. Do you realize, I'm doing this podcast for you right now, right? And I'm, I'm speaking into this microphone and you're here. And you're taking the time to listen to what I am saying to you. And maybe you know me. Maybe we've met in person. Maybe we've never met yet, but you kind of feel like we have. I kind of feel like we have. And you're taking that time to listen. So maybe I'm across the world from you. Maybe you're in Australia. Maybe you're in Great Britain. Maybe you're just next door. And then that's a little bit creepy because you might even hear me talking to you right now. But the fact that you're taking your time to listen, I tell you this every week. I say how grateful I am. That is heartfelt. That is real. And that is special. And if you can do that for someone else, you don't have to be a talk show host or a podcast host to listen. You're doing that for me right now. So thank you. All right. Now this is number 10 on the list of the 10 things that you need that you're not going to buy from whatever online shopping popular place that it's amazing how much more you can shop when it's just at your fingertips like that when you're sad in the middle of the night, right? All right. So number 10, here's what I want you to do. Think of your favorite person on earth who is no longer with us. How much would you pay to have one minute, one minute with them? Now think of all of those people or dogs. They are my favorite people after all, who are no longer with us whom you would pay anything to see for just one minute right now. What does this tell you? You need to spend more time with loved ones. Time is your greatest currency, and you've heard it before, and it is cliche because it is true. And you only have so much of it, and you will never regret all of that time you spent with that person 
or that dog person whom you loved so much. You will never regret all of the time you spent with loved ones. But you know what you will regret? You know what you'd regret without me even telling you right now. You'd regret the time that you failed to spend with loved ones. That is your list of 10 things that you need in life. And none of them are stuff. And all of them are free. And there you have it. That's all I got. If you're expecting more, work on those first 10 things I gave you and then we'll get to more. Thank you very much. Goodness gracious. It sounds like I've become my mom. Eat what I gave you and then I'll give you more. I still always wanted more, but then I didn't eat all of that up. So maybe she was right in the first place. But seriously, thank you for dropping by the neighboralia. I just want to help you shine brightly. And then you can use your light to help others shine as well. So thank you for all of your kindnesses in sharing these episodes, the videos I post on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. And please share this episode with a friend or a family member, someone who needs these 10 things. So basically, that's probably just about anybody and everybody you know, because we all need them. They're also way cheaper gifts than anything you can buy anyone and far more valuable at that. Plus, you don't have to wrap them. Pretty good deal. So before you go, may I just ask that you follow this podcast. The world's leading expert on narcissism is joining us next, and you will want to make sure you follow this podcast so you do not miss it. And please just leave a review wherever you listen. It just helps people find us more easily. Now, go on, go help someone, go help someone, and that someone can and should include yourself. That's not selfish. That's self-compassion. Remember number one on that list? Now go. Live and help live. Oh, oh. Nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Neighboralia.